0: Hello and welcome to Happier where we talk about, you guessed it, how to be happier. This week we'll talk about why you should act the way you want to feel and why for some people, when facing strong temptation, it's easier to have none than some. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature, and dog training. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who I will get to see very soon in Kansas City for Christmas. Yay. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV
1: writer and producer living in L.A. And yeah, Gretchen, I'm looking forward to our mad dash around the plaza for Christmas gifts when I get to Kansas City. Yes,
0: long list. A tradition. (laughs) Um, But so first, before we launch into everything, Elizabeth, um, I promised that I would hold you accountable. Uh, You're not writing your novel, your YA novel, but you're you talked about that you were going to regularly ponder your YA novel. So how's the pondering coming?
1: I am pondering. I was supposed to take notes and ponder. And I've done more pondering than note taking. Uh, I've done no note taking. Um, but I have been read, I've been trying to read more cause I feel like the more I read novels, the more I want to write. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm doing that and I'm trying to sort of read things in the vein that, you know, that I think will be helpful to me. In the spirit of, um, in the spirit of, yeah. And I'm thinking about it for sure. Uh, so it's there. It's just, I haven't actually put any pen to paper in terms of the notes.
0: And do you do that, do you do that in that kind of before work time, which was when you were intending to write or, or are are you using that zone?
1: Um, no, because that zone just felt like I thought it was going to be this big zone and it's just not, it's just, I just rarely am at work, you know, at my desk at a, you know, any sort of time where I could actually get work done before the day starts. Just because of one thing and another, I thought it was going to be this big thing, and it's just not.
0: But you're pondering.
1: But I am pondering. And by the way, uh, because you do have me for Christmas stocking, (laughs) maybe I need a special notebook.
0: Ooh, my favorite kind of gift to buy. Okay, I'm writing myself a note. I will buy you a special notebook. Maybe to match your podcast notebook, which I love. Yes. Excellent. Okay
1: and uh gretch meanwhile i want to mention that the paperback of better than before is coming out december 15th so everyone pre-order go to gretchenrubin.com slash btb pre-order bonus and get a 21 days 21 strategies for habit change so that's a good offer. Yeah,
0: this is this cool email series that I created. Um, each day for 21 days, it's like you know the days of Christmas. Um, you get a habit strategy uh, explained to you. So if you're like gearing up to do a New Year's resolution or something, it gives you lots and lots of ideas. So that's just like a little bonus because it really helps a writer if people pre-order. And so I wanted to have some kind of thank you for people who pre-ordered it, the paperback. And so um, this is like a little bonus you can get.
1: Well, I've pre ordered mine.
0: Oh, what a good sister. So the
1: link, one more time, is slash BTB pre order bonus.
0: Yes. There you'll find all the information you need. Um, And Elizabeth, we have all this exciting news. We have our first live event. This is so big. We're happier it's going to be doing our first live show ever on stage at a theater. And so it'll be like listening to the podcast, except that everything will be live. And so then who knows what will happen. We will be unedited. Uh, Henry will not be use- We're doing his usual magic. Um, and we'll be doing some cool stuff that we can't do when it's just the two of us in a studio.
1: I know. I'm very excited, but my heart is already pounding just thinking about it. Just um, going to be, you know, it's a bit nerve wracking.
0: But, you know, I remember when we cleaned out your closet in episode 10, one of the things I saw in your closet was a shirt. And you were like, this is the shirt that I bought to wear when we do our first live podcast event. And I was like, okay, she's, she's put it out into the universe. It's going to happen. And, I, and here it is. It's yeah, a- I still have it in the, the bag. Like it's there waiting. <laughs> tags on. Yay. It can only
1: be used Pristine. for that event.
0: Yeah. So if you're in San Francisco, uh, the Happier Live show is going to be at the Brava Theater on Thursday, January 21st. All the details that you need are at slate.com slash happier. Tickets are on sale there now. Also, if you're a Slate Plus member, you're eligible to get 30% off your ticket. And they got uh, actually a little window uh, to buy their tickets in advance. Um, But you can buy your tickets now. Now, this isn't going to be our only live show. Um, So hopefully, you know, get a member of Slate Plus so you can get 30% off your tickets. Um, And that works for all Slate and Panoply shows. But get your tickets before they sell out.
1: Yes, I agree. It would be so awesome to sell out. So I'll keep my fingers crossed. Plus, uh, every ticket comes with a copy of your latest book, Better Than Before.
0: Yes. Yeah. So you get a ticket, you get a book, we're going to have there's going to be, you know, drinks and we're going to hang out and uh, sign and chat. It's going to be amazing. So go to slate.com slash happier to get your tickets before they sell out. Okay, so hope to see you in San Francisco, and now on to the show. So Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip is to act the way you want to feel. Mm, Okay, tell me more. Okay. Well, this is one of the most kind of surprising and useful things I learned when I did my happiness project. Um, and I, it, it was such it was such a helpful thing that I actually made it my third commandment. I have 12 personal commandments because I love to turn anything into a numbered <laughs> list. And the third one is to act the way I want to feel. And this is because there's this surprising psychological research that shows that you know, it's easy to think that we act because of the way we feel. So you, f- you think like, well, I'm slamming doors and I'm hurling things across right. against the wall because I'm angry. But in fact, the way the brain works, we feel because of the way we're acting. And so the brain is like, wow, there's a lot of slamming doors and throwing things at the wall around here. I must be feeling really angry. And so you can reverse that by acting the way you want to feel.
1: Yeah, You know, I get that in terms of um, being in the writer's room. Because I know for me, and I think for others as well, you know, when you sort of act like you're interested in um, engaging in a story and you, you know, are sort of leaning forward and really animated, you feel really interested. And then other times when you're sort of laying down on the couch, as I sometimes (laughs) do, I'm like as close to laying down as I can while still technically being, you know, in a sitting position then i just sort of like zone out and and lose track of the conversation you know so it's like i've got to but but you can you are genuinely interested if you're acting interested it's not like a fake interest
0: well that's the weird thing is that and and this is why it's so powerful because it's very hard at least i think to directly influence your emotional state. You know, it's very hard to just sit there and think like, oh, I'm going to be thoughtful or I'm going to be loving or I'm going to be friendly. But you can very easily change your conscious actions. So you can say, I'm going to act in a certain way. But then there's that feedback where the way that you act is then influencing the way they feel. Because since you're sitting in a certain way and talking in a certain way and holding yourself in a certain way, then your mind begins to think differently. Um, There's this great quotation from um, William James, who was like this, you know, 100 years ago, he's this big philosopher and psychologist. And anytime you're writing about habits, this William James is all over the place. And he says, action seems to follow feeling, but really action and feeling go together. And by regulating the action, which is under the more direct control of the will, we can indirectly regulate the feeling, which is not. So again, that's just like William James saying, Act the way you want to feel and then you'll start to feel differently if you want to, because sometimes we want to change our emotional state.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I remember back when I was a teenager and mom would always tell me I had a hang dog expression on my face. (laughs) That's what she always said. Um, And I just think like, oh, she was she was saying in not so many words, you know, smile and maybe you'll you'll be in a little better mood instead of this hang dog mood. Which is what she always called it.
0: Yeah, that was like along with the posture lecture uh, oh, that we both yeah. got. Um, but this way that I often use this on myself is energy, like you're saying in the writer's room, but like even just like walking down the street or, or you know, when, you, when I feel really low energy, if I just walk faster mm-hmm. and use more animation in my voice, it's just weird. It like gives you this pump of energy, it's really powerful.
1: The other place I would say is good to use it is in customer service situations. Or, Ooh. you know, remember the guard that you snapped out at, at the gym?
0: Yes. It's like oh. if
1: you had acted <laughs> friendly toward him, you probably would have actually felt friendly, right? Yes. So I am one of those people that can get, fr- as we all do, get frustrated. Um, but if um, if you act friendly and polite, you'll probably feel friendly and polite.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, th- so then you're, you're bringing up something which often people raise, which is, does this mean that you're being fake? Are you being mm-hmm. inauthentic? If, if people say, well, fake it till you feel it, does that just mean that you're being fake? But I think that a lot of times it's not that you're being fake, it's that you're choosing to be one way instead of another. Um, you're saying, I can go into this situation and I can be snappish and inconsiderate, but I can uh, I can also channel a different part of myself yeah. and let that come out. And I can try to direct my actions to be the person that I want to be or to kind of give favor to a certain kind of way. Because you, there you are in the writer's room. Part of you is bored. Part of you is interested. And you can kind of dial in by your actions in what's going to be uppermost in your emotional state.
1: Exactly. and it's And it's always best to go for the higher... <laughs> The higher (laughs) self as opposed to the lower self. (laughs) Because there are those times when we all choose to be snappish, hang dog, uh, you know, as you said, throwing things at the wall. Um, But it's best not to go with that.
0: Yeah, if you can, if you can, uh, take the high road. Um, so let us know if you do try this at home and if acting the way you want to feel works for you. Uh, find us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, email, podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or you can go to happiercast.com slash 42 for any contact info, images, links, anything you know you want to comment, anything related to this episode, episode 42.
1: Great. You know, I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day.
0: Yep. You don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com happier. That's noom.com slash happier. What do you have to lose? Visit noom.com slash happier to start your trial today. Now we're going to talk about one of the habit strategies that I talk about in my book, Better Than Before. There are 21 habit strategies, and this is the strategy of abstaining.
1: Yeah. And Gretz, we've talked about this before when we talked about um, abstainer versus moderator in um, episode two, which if anyone wants to listen to, they can find at happiercast.com slash two. But Since we've been doing the podcast, we continue to get questions from people and comments about abstaining.
0: And it's actually a strategy that you can use to change your habits. It's sort of an aspect of your personality, and it's something that you can use when you're trying to change your habits. So that's why it it can be very powerful, but it's a little bit tricky. So the strategy of abstaining is a strategy, which is one of the strategies that works very well for some people and does not work at all for other people. So this is a place where you really have to know yourself and figure out, well, what works for me? So I'm an abstainer, and that means I'm all or nothing like if i start i don't stop if i if i have one bite of ice cream out of a dish of ice cream i'm going to eat the whole thing you know and i'm not i'm not i'm not going to have a little bit or you know both my children will like leave you know some like a little bit of ice cream or like mm-hmm. a third of a cookie i'm like i i cannot grasp that And moderators are people who get kind of panicky or rebellious if they're told they can't have any. So they have a little bit. They have it sometimes. But the thing about abstaining and moderating is that people are often really judgmental of each other. And they keep telling each other that they're doing it wrong. So I want to say to moderators, why do you keep breaking your rules and having like a little bit of chocolate every day? And then somebody else says to me, oh, well, you're too rigid. Like it's not healthy to be so hard on yourself. But that's what works for me because I know that I'm 100% an abstainer.
1: Yeah, So for you, it's just easier never to have a cookie again yes, than to say, I'm going to have oh, a cookie here and there.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and people say like, oh, well, you're an abstainer because you have so much willpower. I'm like, no, I don't have enough willpower to indulge in moderation. It's right. way easier for me to have none. So, Alyssa, what are you? We, we, we've talked about this with you because you're like a fascinating case. Because I got to say, when I was studying this, I used you in my mind as a model of a moderator, but plot Dickens. Yeah,
1: I know. I, I'm actually an abstainer. Now, I'm not a willing abstainer. In other words, I don't often actually abstain. But if I want to cut out a habit, you know, say ice cream eating, for instance, I should just cut out ice cream entirely. I am not the person who can just. You know, eat a little bit, you know, every couple of weeks. You know, I am like if I have it in the fridge, I know it's there and I want to go in and get it, you know.
0: But but I remembered this conversation we have. And I think I've told the story again because this was like one of these moments where I'm like, my sister, the sage, like these words are just like, you know, like like crashing through my head. Because you and I were in Kansas City. We were drinking coffee in the kitchen. And you were saying and you were telling me this about yourself, which was a huge shock to me. And I said to you, because you were giving up French fries, which is your kryptonite. Right. And I said, but Elizabeth, you always want to tell yourself yes. You don't like to tell yourself no. I like to t- tell myself no, but you like to tell yourself yes. So how are you doing this? And you spoke those immortal words.
1: Yeah, that I said, I've got to think of it as if I'm free from French fries, In other words, not that I can't have French fries, but that I've released myself from French fries. And it's a positive thing that I'm lucky to be free from French fries as opposed to a negative. I need it to be something happy in my life that I'm like, oh, yay, I'm free from French fries. Lucky
0: me. Well, and I have to say this phrase free from French fries was like something I was like, I want a T-shirt of that. I want a poster of that. We almost titled better than before. There was a serious discussion about whether we should title it. I was pulling
1: for that title, of course.
0: Well, the reasons not to was A, it doesn't translate into other languages. And B, people then thought it was going to be all about food. But it was like, but it's it's just such a powerful phrase, I think. But you did this interesting thing with abstaining where you kind of do a location-based kind of abstaining. How does that work for you?
1: Yeah. Like at work, I'm really an abstainer. I um, don't eat any of the snacks that we have here. And I've talked about this, I think on the show, like we're oh always being sent cookies, cupcakes. Now we're always being sent popcorn, tree, um, uh, like caramel and cheese, uh, and peppermint, uh, popcorn, chocolate covered. It's crazy. Uh, And I just eat none of it because there's no way that I can eat any of it. And I know that if I start, I mean, I will sit down and eat that whole thing of popcorn. So at work, I'm really disciplined. And then at home, I'm not so disciplined. Uh, Now, the problem that I've encountered lately is that I think I'm using so much discipline at work. Now, I know you say it's really less willpower because you don't have to make the decisions. But nonetheless, when you're faced with it all day, yeah. it, it does, the the resistance wears down, you know? Mm, yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: it's tough. And I need to be more of an abstainer now at home. I need to kick that into gear. And I just, for some reason, I've had a hard time kicking my abstaining into gear at home.
0: Well, and we should note that you're a type one diabetic. So for this, this, this for you is like more of a pressing issue than it is for a lot of the average people, because, uh. If you spent the day eating caramel popcorn, it would really, like, back up on you in a, in a very immediate type of way. Yes. But this isn't just about food. This is about any kind of strong temptation. And a place where it often comes up is with technology. Um, I know a guy who said that he was convinced that it took him an extra year to write his Ph.D. thesis because he was so obsessed with World of Warcraft. I mean, that's a lot of extra time.
1: I could see that happening to Adam. I mean, he when he gets into a video game, it's like... He play, he'll play for 12 hours. Um, and in fact, <laughs> then he, he went like four years without playing. And just the other day, he's like, I think this new video game is giving me a migraine. And I'm like, well, maybe you just shouldn't play. He goes, but I want to. I'm like, but you went four years without playing. And he's like, well, now I want to. And it's like he's back wanting to play again. And it's, you know, it can become an obsession.
0: Well, Did he give it up because he's like, I can't manage it, so I'm going to just give it up altogether? Or did he give it up for other reasons?
1: I think he gave it up when Jack was born because we just, you know, it was like no time for video games. And now that Jack is older and actually wanting to play video games, it's coming back.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, and I remember you and Candy Crush.
1: Oh, yeah. That was a dark period of my life. (laughs) Yes.
0: But then your phone died on you.
1: Yeah. that And again, I, I can't put it back on my phone because I, again, I am not a moderator. I know if I put that back on my phone, on my new uh, new phone, I would, um, I'd be right back lost inside the world of Candy Crush.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this is just, this is a strategy of managing strong temptation. And again, it's like, it works. It's, it's a strategy where you have to figure out what works for you. And then even if other people are telling you that you're doing it wrong, Um, you just have to know what's going to help you overall. And if you're like, I can't play a little bit, it's easier to play none, then that's right. And then other people, it's like, I do better when I have, I do it sometimes. So this is just one of those strategies where it really matters what kind of person you are. um, And what what I would
1: say, Gretch, is a lot of people might not think they're an abstainer. Oh, like you. But Maybe they, yeah, like me, maybe they should try it just with something and just see how it goes. And they may, because I, a lot of people, will come up to me and say, oh, my God, I'm, it turns out I'm totally an abstainer. You know? no.
0: no, and in our listener comments, that you're, you're exactly right. That's something that people keep saying over and over, is they'll write in and say, I always was convinced that I was a moderator because that just sounds more logical. But now that I've tried abstaining, I found out that that's actually easier for me. So you're right. I think sometimes we don't have a good insight into If one thing isn't working, try the other thing and see if you get better success with that. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay, time for a listener question. And reminder, you can leave us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336, or more mnemonically, 77-HAPPY-336.
1: Gretch, this week's question comes from Michael. He says, I wanted to ask about the line between freeing yourself from an obligation that's become counterproductive as opposed to quitting something prematurely that you ought to stick with. For example, a while back, I told myself I wanted to start cooking a lot of cool, healthy, complex meals, but when I tried making a few, I quickly realized that it really stressed me out and wasn't enjoyable at all. It turns out I prefer to eat simple, healthy meals that don't often require much more than boiling water or take a lot of time. But now I feel guilty that I've stopped trying for my original intention and wondering, if I would have come to enjoy it, if I had stuck to my plan, when is it okay to say, okay, I thought this thing would make me happier as it seems to for a lot of other people, but that's not happening for me and I don't want to continue. How do you decide when you're making a healthy choice to end something that has become a source of hardship and guilt versus quitting on something that really would be beneficial if you stuck with it?
0: Well, this is hilarious because I went through this exact same calculation with meditation Um, because, you know, everybody in the area of happiness and habits is always saying how important it is to meditate. And I and I tried it. You know, I meditated every day for months and, you know, was reading all about it and was very gung ho. And then at a certain point, I, it was exactly what he said. I was just like, you know, can I give this up because it's really not working for me? Or am I going to let myself down? And if I kept pushing through, I, it would be terrific and I'd be really glad that I did. And so I had to make that, that very same decision about, do you stick with it and think it's going to work out? Or do you let it go because it's not working out for you? Have, have you ever had this?
1: Um, kind of had it with yoga, uh, which is ah. similar to meditation. Um, because, you know, Mindy, one of my best friends, uh, is an avid yoga fanatic and she, um, looks amazing because of yoga as well. (laughs) And she just loves it. And so I really tried to do it because it's been so amazing for her. And then I just finally realized I really don't like yoga. Like I love Pilates, but I just don't like yoga. And I sort of just stopped trying. And it is one of those things though. when I think about her practice of yoga, I think, gosh, what if I'd been doing it for the last 15 years? It would be so amazing. You know, so it's that same question Michael's saying of wondering, should I have pushed through and tried to really get into it? Or was I right to let it go?
0: Well, see, and I think this is the, i think Michael's really put his finger on something that is one of the big tensions um, when you're trying to create a happy life. Because I think on the one hand we want to accept ourselves, but on the other hand we want to expect more from ourselves. And the line between accept yourself and expect more from yourself is only we can gauge for ourselves. Only we know what the like kind of the true natural limits of our nature are, and then wh- what are the things where we—it's really within our power to stretch ourselves and it's absolutely true that when you stretch yourself when you go outside your comfort zone when you do something that's novel and challenging that tends to bring happiness like there's tons of research and you know common experience shows that that's true but it's also true if you're totally false to yourself and you don't recognize what is actually true about you then you're going to be spending your time doing a bunch of stuff that you're not getting any satisfaction out of even if like you say with mindy it's been she loves it and for her it's very powerful and wonderful um, but for you and eh, not so much. And so I think there's really no easy, I don't think there's an easy test. There's no algorithm to plug in that can tell you where that line is. You just sort of have to use a lot of self-reflection and not kid yourself, you right. know? Right. Not, ki- not kid yourself about, oh, well, I'm giving this up because it's stupid, but you've only really tried it for a week right. or, um, you know, using a lot of loopholes to get yourself out of it b- 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 before even really giving it a true shot. So I think you have to, like, really be honest. I mean, here Michael said he tried making a few. Well, maybe a few is enough to be like, oh, man, this is, like, a lot of work. And, yeah. and, and like, I'm not having the the, the the cooking experience that, you know, I fantasized about. So I think it really is one of these things where you just have to – it's a lot of self-reflection.
1: Yeah, and I think the Michael's case, it's not like he abandoned his plan and then started getting McDonald's every night. I mean, he's still eating, he said – simple, healthy meals. So there's really no harm in not making complex meals.
0: Yes. And maybe this is a good question to say to yourself, like, do I have a fantasy of being a different kind of person? Like, oh, if I, you know, if I, I have a fantasy that I'm going to be this really foodie person, but that doesn't really match up with who I actually am, but it's still a healthy option to follow. um, Even if it's not sort of the, the kind of glamorous version.
1: Right. So, Gretch, even though there isn't a simple answer to this, I personally will absolve Michael of his um, <laughs> having having quit and tell him it's okay and I think he did the right thing.
0: Absolutely. Okay, demerits and gold stars. Elizabeth, demerit for you. What is it?
1: Okay, my demerit, Gretch, is I have not gotten my hair cut in I don't know how long. Oh. Um, yes, I have a thing where... Um, I just don't get my hair cut for months and months and months. Uh And the problem with this is also now I have to get it highlighted to sort of hide the gray because I have gray now, uh, which is upsetting. Um, (laughs) So I also have like the highlights growing out and my gray appearing again. So it's not just the haircut. It's also just looking very ratty because of that. It's not just like... Um, No. And then, remember I told you I went to Benihana with Adam and Jack when they surprised me for dinner?
0: Episode 39, if you want to go back and hear that very cute story.
1: Um, I didn't mention that I ran into my hairdresser that night at Benihana, and it was just so embarrassing. And it's that thing where the second I saw him, I'm like, I need to come in um and like his eyes
0: are straying to your part line kind of thing (laughs) yeah
1: exactly it's like so embarrassing um but part of the problem is it's really far from my house so it's an event to go you know it's it's not convenient but I love the guy who cuts my hair so I don't want to switch so um you know that's my dilemma
0: it seems like everything's inconvenient in L.A. Everything you do. That's is like, true. You know, it's like a gigantic ordeal to just get to. I mean, we're spoiled growing up in Kansas City. You know, everything was yeah. close. Um,
1: yeah. No, any something that would be an hour anywhere else is a four hour thing in <laughs> L.A. It's it, it's true. But anyway, so I need to get my hair cut. I will definitely get it cut before our live event. Oh, Don't good. Yes. Worry about oh, that's that. a good deadline.
0: That's a good deadline. Yeah.
1: Um, if not sooner. And (laughs) let's hear your gold star.
0: Okay. Well, so in our last episode, episode 41, um, I gave myself a demerit for not going to the gym.
1: Right. Since Barnaby, since getting Barnaby, you had
0: not gone to the gym. Okay. That was, that was the story that I told myself that getting this new puppy made it hard for me to go to the gym. It was kind of true. But hey, I wrote a book, a whole book about how to change your habits. So I definitely (laughs) knew how to diagnose the problem and figure it out. And I finally, you know, used my own uh, techniques on myself. And, um, Realized that part of the problem was that my gym was inconvenient. It was really far away because it was close to my daughter's school. But and I was like, I should try to go to a gym closer. That's what I and that's how I left it. So this is what happened. So I have a birthday coming up, and my and Jamie said to me, "What do you want for your birthday?" And instead of saying, "Oh, I don't know," which is what I usually say, I was like, "I know exactly what I want. Will you get me a gym membership at this gi- at your gym?" He goes to a gym where there's yeah. there's a branch right near us, and there's also a branch near right near his office. He usually goes to the one near his office, but whatever. And this is a perfect gift idea. I think gold star for me to give him a good gift idea because it's the kind of thing where I hate that kind of chore of signing up for something. It drives me crazy. But if you're buying somebody a gift, it's very easy because it's so straightforward. Like, you know exactly what to do. You can do it online. You don't or I yeah. think you had to go in person. But it's like there's no like, ooh, I need to pick you out a coat like, uh, you know, agony, debating. It was just like, OK, I'm going to sign her up. So he did. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. He gave it to me like right away. Didn't even wait for my birthday. And I've gone twice.
1: Yay. Yay. So
0: you're back. I'm back at the gym. Um, Yeah. Good for you. Yes. So, and it. the fact is, it's it's twice as close as my other gym. And it's also weird because in New York, there are like these... And, and I think every city has this, where there's like certain streets where something seems much, much further if it's even across the street from a dividing line. And this was on mm-hmm. the other side of 86th Street for me, and like the fact that it's now on my close side of 86th Street instead of even slightly over 86th Street, huge psychological difference. And it was, it was, and it was quite, it was twice as far. So um, the strategy of convenience, which I talk about in the book, uh, I made it work for me, worked like a charm. So thank you, Jamie. Um, for my wonderful birthday present. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Act the way you want to feel. Let us know if you tried it.
1: And remember, Gretchen and I are recording Happier live from San Francisco on January 21st. Go to slate.com happier to get tickets right now. And sign up for Slate Plus for 30% off. And there is a link there where you can sign up for Slate Plus. It's very easy.
0: And if you come to the show, you'll get a free copy of Better Than Before. Um, You can get it signed after the show. So please come bring your friends.
1: And once again, you can get tickets at slate.com slash happier. Thank you to our producer, Henry Malofsky, who will also be in San Francisco yes. with us. Yes. Yay. Phew. And thanks, as always, to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com.
0: Now, good sister that she is, Elizabeth not only mentioned our live show, but she also mentioned that the paperback of Better Than Before is coming out. December 15th. So everybody run pre-order. Um, and if you want the bonus uh, email strategies um, about the, the 21 days for uh, habit change, go to GretchenRubin.com slash BTB pre-order bonus and uh, to pre-order and get your, your email set. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward.